Turn with me in your copies of God's Word to John chapter 15, the Gospel according to John, 15th chapter. John chapter 15. I'll read from verse 1 to verse 17, and then we'll consider verse 1 to 5. John chapter 15, verse 1 through to 17. This is the immutable word of God. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me I am the vine you are the branches whoever abides in me and I in him he it is that bears much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing if anyone does not abide in me he is thrown away like a branch and with us and the branches are gathered thrown into the fire and burned if you abide in me and my words abide in you ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you by this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends, if you do what I command. No longer do I call you servants, for the servants do not know what his the servant does not know who, what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all that I have heard from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me. But I chose you and appointed you that you, <clears throat> that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you so that you will love one another. I'm going to pray and then we will consider John chapter 15 verse 1 to verse 5. Please bow with me as we pray. <clears throat> oh Heavenly Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We pray that 
through your word this afternoon, Lord, we would be refreshed. Teach us, O Lord, the way of your statutes and help us to keep it to the end. Give us understanding that we may keep your law and observe it with our whole heart. Lead us in the path of your commandments, for we delight in it. It's the reason why we are here this afternoon. Incline our hearts to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn our eyes from looking at worthless things and give us life in your ways. Confirm to your servants your promise that you may be feared. Turn away the reproach that we dread for your rules are good. Behold, we long for your precepts. In your righteousness, please give us life. We pray, Lord, that your word may grant life as we seek to hear it. That your spirit may be at work in our hearts. That our minds may be alert. For where else can we go, Lord? You have the words of eternal life. Grant utterance as I speak to these dear ones. Grant clarity. Um, grant power. And much unction from your Holy Spirit. For the sake of your word and for your glory. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been going through <clears throat> the book of Ecclesiastes in the afternoons. But then <clears throat> I figured that um, while we were going through the I Am sayings of Christ, we never quite finished. And this would be the last one. And I didn't want to uh, <clears throat> carry it forward to the next year. Because we would have different plans for th this coming year, Lord willing. So this afternoon we will be finishing up with this I am sayings of Christ and then we will resume our studies in the book of Ecclesiastes next week. <clears throat> and in this I am sayings of Christ to be able to consider that before Abraham was, the Lord Jesus Christ says, I am. He says, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And this afternoon, our Lord will be telling us that He is the true vine. So then that's the title of the sermon. I am the true vine. Now we have those five verses there. And I'd like you to notice that the passage that we will be considering this afternoon um, begins with the, that I am statement where the Lord Jesus Christ has constantly been telling us that he is God he's been using that title that God uses in Exodus to describe himself when Moses asks what shall I tell the people uh, <clears throat> whom shall I tell them sent me and God says tell them I am sent you I am that I am and that's the title that the Lord Jesus Christ gives to himself as he continues to give us these I am statements. Now, even in our morning uh, uh, public reading, we considered uh, John chapter 9 and Jesus says even there that he is 
the light of the world. It says, I am the light of the world. Now the passage before us, like the other I am statements, give us figures which Jesus uses to try and communicate a particular truth. Just like he's been using different figures to try and communicate to us uh, different truths of who he is and what he, <clears throat> what he can do or what he does. Even here he uses another I am statement, a different figure to communicate to us particular truth so that we know that our Lord Jesus is not literally a vine. We know that believers are not, are not literal branches, nor is the Father uh, a literal vine dresser. What we, what we have here is figures. What we have here is, is a picture, pictures uh, 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 that God gives us so that we may be able to understand in our weak capacities that we may be able to get the point that Christ is driving towards. He's also using this, this uh, 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 figures so that he may help us to, 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 <clears throat> to understand the, 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 the greater point that he would be communicating. Now, we, we have weak minds and <clears throat> we are finite. And so then we must take care that we do not draw from these, these figures doctrinal conclusions which are, are, are wrong or are not in, in line with the rest of the scriptures which contradict other plain passages of the word of God. It's important that I say that because this is one of those passages where uh, many people come and the way they interpret it is not quite consistent with the whole of the scriptures. Now when we, when we are interpreting any passage of the word of God, we have to make sure that as a principle, we do not interpret it in a way that should be contradicting other portions of God's word, which is what we will be trying to do this afternoon. I'd like you to see three things from the passage before us. Let me, let me just read it first before we, <clears throat> we consider these three things. Verse 1 to verse 5. I am the true vine, and my father is a vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does not bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because, the word that I have, uh, because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear its uh, fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. I'd like you to see from this passage three points. Number one, there is an inseparable union between Christ and his people. Number two, there are true Christians and false Christians. And then number three, there are evident effects of abiding in Christ. There is an inseparable union between Christ and his people. There are true Christians and false Christians. And there are evident effects of abiding in Christ. So number one, there is an inseparable union between Christ and his people. <clears throat> Look with me at verse one. Verse one says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Now, <clears throat> we have 
there the expression true vine and i'd like you to notice that verse 5 says i am the vine verse 1 says i am the true vine now there's there's a distinction there and it's particularly because our lord had in view those places in the old testament where the jewish church is compared to a vine go with me to some hundred sorry some 80 some 80 Psalm 80 verse 8 you brought a vine out of Egypt you drove out the nations and planted it you cleared the ground for it it took deep root and filled the land the mountains were covered with, a, with its shade, the mighty cedars with its branches. It sent out its branches to the sea and its shoots to the river. Why then have you broken down its walls? So that all who pass along the way pluck its fruit. The boar from the forest ravages it and all that move in the field feed on it. And as you continue to read that passage, you realize that <clears throat> the psalmist is talking of, of Israel. He um, <clears throat> says there in verse 1, Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock. Restore us, verse 3, O God, let your face shine that we may be saved. How long will you be angry with your people's prayers? And so, and so the, the vine is Israel is compared to a vine. Um, Jeremiah chapter 2. In this chapter we are told of the forsaking of Israel. They are forsaking their Lord. And you're told, then verse 24, Long ago I broke your yoke and burst your bones, but you said, I will not serve. Yes, on every high hill and, uh, <clears throat> and under every green tree, you, you bowed down like a hoe. Yet I planted you a choice vine, holy of pure seed. How then have you turned degenerate and become a wild vine though you wash yourself with lye and use much soap the stain of your guilt is still before me declares the lord and so god is speaking of israel and is is calling israel the 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 the, the vine the choice vine and then he's saying that israel has now become a wild vine because of turning away from him ezekiel this is just to emphasize Ezekiel chapter 15. And the word of the Lord came to me. 
Son of man, how does the wood of the vine surpass any wood? The vine branch that is among the trees of the forest is wood taken from it to make nothing, a a anything? Do people uh, take a peg from it to hang any vessel on it? Behold, it is given to the fire for fuel. When the fire has consumed both ends of it and the middle of it is charred, is, is it useful for anything? So, so we are told there of, of, of this vine where wood is gotten. And as you continue to read that chapter, it's a short one, <clears throat> you see that it is Jerusalem. Hmm? Behold, when it was whole, verse 5, it was used for nothing. How much less? When the fire has consumed it and it is charred, can it, can it ever be used for anything? Therefore, thus says the Lord God, like the wood of the vine among the trees of the forest, which I have given to the fire for fuel, so I have given up the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and I will set my face against them. Though they escape from the fire, the fire shall yet consume them, and you will know that I am the Lord when I set my, when I set my face against them, and I will make the land desolate, because they have acted faithlessly, declares the Lord. And so Israel is compared to this vine. And so the, the, the Lord Jesus Christ, when says, I am the true vine, has in view... Um, Israel, the, 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 the Jewish church, which is compared to a vine. And so then Jesus <clears throat> is saying that he is not like the Jewish church. He is not the vine, he is the true vine, as compared to the vine of the Jewish church, the Israelites. <clears throat> he is saying that he is a true source of spiritual life. <clears throat> and you know, previously, people would really, really want to be Jews, really want to be Israelites, as it were. Because, <clears throat> and the Israelites would pride themselves in being part of that lineage. Jesus says, it, it, it's, it's now no longer that. It, it's that I am the true vine. You must come to me. It is me that you need. Now, of course, Jesus uses this because of his audience, and it would be very useful, useful to them. Um, and so then, <clears throat> let's go back to John. And in John, John chapter 6, we have a similar use of the word true, when Jesus is talking about him being the bread of life. Before he says, I am the bread of life in John 6.35, in John 6.32, Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from, from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven. And so <clears throat> there's, a, there's a similar use of the word true there in communicating that Jesus Christ is a true vine. He is a true source of spiritual life. He is the one that we need. He is the original you see, the way the manna in the wilderness was a type of Christ, the, the vine, which is Israel in the Old Testament, is a type of Christ. Uh, Jesus is the, the true, the original, the archetypal vine, of which all other vines are only types and shadows 
And so <clears throat> Jesus is this is what Jesus is saying here. That the relation between between him and and others and, and his disciples, as it were, for he's speaking to them, is that of a vine and its branches. It says he is the source of all life. He he is the source of all spiritual vigor, if you if you will. That that anyone who will be alive must be in him who is the vine. Any branch that would be alive must be in him. That everyone is completely dependent upon him. And, and that's what he's going to say in verse 5. That apart from me, you can do nothing. You are not alive. Everyone is entirely dependent upon the Lord Jesus Christ. The way the branches of the vine are dependent on that vine itself. And so then the, 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 there is a close union between Christ and his people. There is an inseparable union between Christ and, and his people. Now he says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. And so he says, his father takes the same interest. He takes care of the people in the same way that he would because he's the vine. Because it's the vine dresser that ensures that both the vine and the, the, the branch is well attached to its vine. He's the one that comes to do the work of ensuring that the branch is actually bearing fruit. It's actually healthy, being connected to the vine. So, so he says there that my father takes the same tender interest in you um, that the vine dresser does. Um, J.C. Ryle says here that my father is continuously watching over your health, fruit, uh, 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 fruitfulness, and fertility. Think not for a moment that my father is not as deeply interested in your spiritual prosperity as I am myself. End quote. And so Jesus <clears throat> is the true vine and there is an inseparable connection between him and his people. His people must be connected to him because he is the true vine. It just surprises me how all of the scriptures point to Christ. That the Lord Jesus Christ is at the epicenter of what Christianity is all about. If Christ says he is the vine, that means everyone that would have eternal life depends on him. Everyone that would have close communion with the Father and the Spirit depends on the Son. Because he is the vine look at verse 5 it says i am the vine you are the branches whoever abides in me and i in him he it is that bears much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing you can you can hear echoes of the inseparable union between christ and his people look at verse 4 abide in me and i in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you. You see that inseparable co co communion, connection? Neither can you unless you abide in me. And this is because the Lord Jesus Christ is the true vine. Anyone who would have any spiritual health, any uh, uh, wokeness, if you will, needs the Lord Jesus Christ. They must be in the vine. Number two, there are true Christians and false Christians. 
they are true Christians and false Christians. Look with me at verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Now, in this illustration of, or uh, this figurative language that Jesus Christ is using, there are lots of interpretations that have been given to this particular verse. John 15 verse 2. There are people that <clears throat> assert that a man may be a real true branch uh, of the vine, a member of Christ, a born-again Christian, as we, as we like to say it here in Kenya. Um, and then they, they would lose grace. And so they come to this verse and they, they, they validate their opinions that people can actually lose their salvation because don't you see what it says there in verse 2 every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away you know and so they, they say that one can actually be a branch a true branch and be completely lost and i submit to you that that would be taking the the figure the parable completely literally while that's not quite the case um, <clears throat> and so this is this is one of the weapons of the Armenians yeah? those who maintain that uh, um, that there is no perseverance of the saints can lose their salvation there's no perseverance to the end of the saints and they come to this verse and they say the text says every every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away now, <clears throat> I believe with many others um, in the history, the uh, 2,000 years of, of Christ's power, that the true meaning of this verse is that the Father deals with, uh, the, the, the Father acts like a vine dresser. That <clears throat> he comes and ensures that the vine has its true branches. And those that are not true branches, they're removed. The text here is telling us that there are people in the church that are goats and not sheep. If you're going to be consistent with the whole of Scripture, this verse cannot mean that there are true Christians who eventually lose their salvation, who are removed from the faith. And so um, the Father deals with the, the, the mystical body of Christ the way the vine dresser deals with the vine. The way the vine dresser deals with the branches. Um, he will no more allow any of Christ's members to be fruitless and graceless. You know, the way the vine dresser will not allow the branches to be fruitless, to be barren, to continue growing on the vine. The way he will come and remove them. The Father is going to take care that all who are in Christ give proof of their union by their fruitful lives and in their conversion. There is nothing such as a fruitless believer. So that anyone who is claiming to be a believer and is fruitless is not a believer 
And therefore Jesus says that they are a branch that will be removed. And that's the point of the of the illustration. That's the point of of, of the parable. Because God will not tolerate for a moment um, any so-called believer that are inconsistent that are unfruitful if there if there would be an unfruitful Christian fruitlessness is the great test of one of uh, 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 of being the disciples of Christ Fr fruitfulness I mean if anyone is fruitless and they claim to be a Christian, they ought to be asked, why are you saying you're a Christian and you're fruitless? What kind of branch are you? Are you the true branch? Or are you the branch that is going to be removed? John Calvin says here, quote, many are supposed to be in the vine according to man's opinion who actually, had, who actually have no root in the vine, end quote. There are many who, who, according to others, or according to the way people see them, they're part of the vine. They do the things that Christians do. They follow through with their religion, as it were. They do good things. But in actual sense, they're not true branches. They're not in the vine. And the Bible is here telling us, or the Lord Jesus Christ is here telling us, that the Father will not allow it. The vine dresser will come, just like the vine dresser will come and uh, 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 cut away the, 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 the branches here that are not bearing fruit. And then he says, and every branch that does, that does bear fruit, he prunes. So you see that there, there, are, there are two sorts of branches here. The one that bears fruit and the one that does not bear fruit. And the point is that the one that does not bear fruit is not a true branch. Why? Because it is removed. And then every branch that does bear fruit is pruned that it may bear more fruit. That branch that bears fruit shows that it, it, is, it is actually in Christ. It is actually in the vine. And therefore, the vine, what does the vine dresser do? Does he come and pluck it out? No, he comes and prunes it so that it may bear much fruit. That's what the Lord Jesus Christ says. And so the meaning of this second part of us too is um, a bit easier. You know, it's, it's a bit easy to deal with this because the, po the point is, is, is clear. Just as the vine dresser prunes and cuts all the healthy branches of the vine, um, that's the same way the Father comes and prunes and deals with the Christian that bears fruit and walks with him and uh, leads him through and disciplines him and uh, <clears throat> does all, all those sorts of things, brings trials so that they may, they may bear more fruit. James says, count it all joy when, we, when you face trials of various kinds because you know they produce steadfastness. That's what the, that's what the vine dresser does. He gives strength when temptation comes. He, he allows suffering to come into the life of the true branch so that it may continue to bear much fruit. He prunes and purifies them uh, by affliction. J.C. Ryle says he prunes, he prunes and purifies them by aff affliction and trouble in order to make them more fruitful in holiness. 
And so, and so when God's people go through trials, it's as though the vine dresser is pruning them, ensuring that they bear they bear fruit. Um. <clears throat> and so, so then they 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 are all part of that mysterious process by which God the Father purifies and sanctifies the people of Christ. They are the the pruning of the vine branches for for their good and not for their harm to increase their fruitfulness you know as Christ says there that every branch that does bear fruit is pruned that it may bear more fruit thirdly and lastly <clears throat> there are evident effects of abiding in Christ. I'm going to make some more application on that second part in the end. Look with me at verse 3. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Now, because he has already described the relationship between himself and his people generally the Lord Jesus Christ now turns to his disciples and he tells them because you are clean uh, already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you he he, sh he shows them now um, that because they are following him because they're listening to what he's saying they are sanctified they are his people they are clean they are cleansed um, those who have received him those who have believed in him have been made clean those who have heard his word submitted to him they have been made clean um, um, Jesus Christ is telling them here <clears throat> you're, you're, you're listening to what I'm telling you continue on which is what he's going to do in verse 4 but he's telling them, continue listening to what I'm telling you. Continue, uh, continue to abide, uh, abide in me. Continuously follow me. When our Lord calls his disciples clean or pure in this place, we, we cannot doubt that he uses the phrase in, in a comparative sense. Compared to the unbelieving scribes, compared to the Pharisees who do not listen to his word, his disciples are clean. His disciples are, are cleansed. They are sanctified. Um, uh, the disciples are are pure as it were because they listen to the word of Christ um, and so even, even though they are not uh, completely cleansed Christ says they are clean because they listen to his word I'd like you to notice <clears throat> how the Lord speaks of his word as the great instrument of cleansing his people in that verse 3 he says you are clean not because you you've taken a shower not because you have a new set of clothes not because there is anything else that you have done to be clean but because of the word that he has spoken because of particularly following the word of Christ 
And so notice there very carefully that the word of Christ is the great instrument by which God uses not only to save us, but to sanctify us. And, and Christ uh, is telling his disciples, follow me, follow what I'm telling you. Christ is putting himself at such an elevated level uh, <clears throat> that he is able to say, follow me. Do you understand the magnitude of what Christ is saying? He's saying, do not follow anyone else. Follow me. Christ is putting himself at a pedestal. And that's why the Pharisees hate him. That's why the people of the world hate Christianity. Because Christ says, come to me. Listen to my word. Abide in me. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You can't make it. He, he'll, he'll be praying for his disciples in the next two chapters. John 17, 17. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. Because that's the means by which God uses not only to save us, but to sanctify us, to make us clean, to cleanse us from all our sins. In Ephesians 5, 26, let me just read, read this for you. Sorry, not, not Ephesians 5, 26, but 1 Peter 1, 22. Peter chapter 1 First Peter chapter 1 verse 22 says having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love love one another honestly from a pure heart since you have been born again not of perishable seed but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God so you see there that that the, the, the purified souls are purified by obedience to the truth and the being born again not of perishable but imperishable seed comes through the living and abiding word of God and so Jesus tells his disciples already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you and the implication there is the disciples have taken that word verse 4 he says abide in me and I in you. Now Jesus Christ gives them uh, that di direct uh, exhortation or uh, imperative, if you will. He tells them, abide in me, come to me, cling to me, hold fast to me, stick to me, uh, live close to me, be in intimate communion with me. And this is how the disciples of Christ look. This is how we should look like. That Christ is our all in all. We live close to him. And, 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 and Christ is saying, abide in me because he is the true vine. There is no other true vine. If the Jews refuse to come to him, they are outside the vine. He is the true vine. And, and therefore he says, come to me, bring your burdens to me. Come nearer and nearer to me as you can. As much as you can. Cast your burdens upon me. You know, that's what he, he tells the unbelievers. Come to me. You are weary. You are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Come. 
come to me and, and, and he's now telling his disciples continue to abide in me abide in me and I in you, you know, never let go of your hold on me Robert Murray McShane says for every one look that you give to yourself uh, grant ten looks at Christ Jesus is saying abide in me be rooted in me be grounded in me be planted in me come to me abide in me and Jesus is as it were saying if you do this I will never fail you I will abide in you that's what he says abide in me and I in you and the implication there is if you don't then trouble to you so then <clears throat> this word abide has that it has that weight of remaining continuing staying in Christ if you look at that uh, from verse 1 to verse 11 it's been used there um, uh, uh, 10 times and more in those first 11 verses and, and the, the, the Lord Jesus Christ is saying remain constantly in me continue in me abide in me a true Christian must be always in Christ they're in Christ when they're born again they're in Christ till they're glorified And, and see the way if there is danger outside and you're told unless you stay in your house is when you will be safe so that if you go out there's no safety that's the way the Lord Jesus Christ is trying to communicate he's saying if you stay in me you will be safe but when you're out there apart from me you can do nothing. That's what Christ is saying. He's saying, uh, then verse 4, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So you see how he's bringing the, 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 the parable to bear. You know, that, that example that he's giving of the vine and the branches. He's saying that <clears throat> because I am the true vine, and you are the branches you must abide in me the way the branch abides uh, 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 in the vine if you do not abide in me then you you can't make it just as the branch of the vine cannot bear fruit separately and by itself in and of itself because it must be there we there in the vine that's the same way that we will bear fruit being in Christ you know for you to bear christian fruit for you to be to walk christian in a christian way for you to be a true christian for you to live the true christian life you can't do it apart from christ out of communion with him for anyone to be a true christian they must have christ for anyone to continue living the christian life they must have christ that's what christ is saying
And then in verse 5 he finishes by saying, I am the vine, you are the branches. And so he repeats that idea. And, and he continues to say to say that that the relationship between the the uh, the, the disciple of Christ and Christ himself must be close and intimate. He says, whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. And, 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 he, and he gives the encouragement to the disciples to continuously uh, commune with him. Because when they commune with him, when they abide in him, they bear much fruit. And the Christian must be growing closer and closer to Christ. The Christian who is farther and farther away from Christ is the weakest. They might have believed in Christ, but Christ is saying, continue in me, abide in me. So then, this is the secret of bearing much fruit, being in Christ, abiding in Him. I'd like to ask you a personal question here. How much are you abiding in Christ? How are you living your Christian life? You know? The secret of being being holy, being righteous, being separate from the world. The secret of being a a useful Christian as it were is abiding in Christ remaining continuing in the vine the greatest saints Israel says have always lived nearest to Christ do, do we not see here that there is a difference in degrees of fruitfulness to which God, uh, to which Christians attain, is there not a tacit distinction between fruit and much fruit? End quote. He's saying, if you want to live the Christian life, Christ must be at at, at your forehead, on your forefront. He must not be blurred by anything. And isn't that the problem of the emerging church? The health and wealth and prosperity message blurs Christ. It, it, it grants you everything but Christ. And Christ says, abide in me. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Remain in me. That's what he says. For apart from me, that's the last statement that he says. You can do nothing. You cannot do anything. To, to, to put it in another way. Apart from Christ, separate from Him, you have no strength. You do not have power. You have no capacity in and of yourself. You need Christ. Your song and my song must be, I need thee every hour. I cannot do without you. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to you. Because apart from Christ, we can do nothing. Jesus, When Jesus says this, he says, you are lifeless without me. 
You are useless without me. You are like that branch that will be taken and thrown into the fire without me. That's what Christ says. And oh, what a blessing it is to know that if you are in Christ, you have everything. You are safe. God is your father. Christ is not only your Lord and your Savior, he is your brother. You are an heir, co-heir with him. But apart from him, he says, you are lifeless. You know, and, and, and this, is not, this is not the kind of thing that people, people use to say, people misuse this, this text. You know, we can do nothing. Hmm? Apart from Christ, we can do nothing without quite understanding what <clears throat> what it means the antinomians let go and let God Christ is not communicating that we let let, let him take control as it were he is not, he's not saying that your responsibility as a Christian is not there he's actually saying the way you maintain close communion with me is by taking your responsibility as a Christian and, and you, you have that in the context. Read your Bible. Know God's word. Pray every day if you want to grow. And that's how you remain close to Christ. That's how you look to him meditating upon his works. That's how you remain close to him. Let me make a few applications and then we, we, we'll call it a day. And I'll do this in form of questions. Are, are, are you sure that there is an inseparable union between you and Christ? Is Christ yours? Are you able to say, I cannot do without thee? Two, are you a goat or a sheep? And you know goats and sheep, the Lord Jesus Christ says they are together. It's like wheat and tear. They're together. But then on that final day, God is going to remove the goats, put them to his left, and the sheep to his right. And it's actually possible to be among God's people and not be a true Christian and how do we obtain salvation in Christ how do we become true Christians we repent of our sins and we trust in Christ we trust him like we trust a parachute with everything that we have and how do we know how do we know what what is the evidence that we are in Christ, that we have actually believed, that we've actually repented. How do we know? By bearing fruit. By bearing fruit. That's what Jesus says there. We abide in Him. We know that we are abiding in Him by bearing fruit. If you're not bearing fruit, you have no reason to believe that you're a Christian. If Christ is not precious to you, if Christ is not causing you 
to fear him, to love him, to be changed because of him. You have no reason to believe you're a Christian. That was the last application. What is the evidence that you're abiding in Christ? What fruit are you bearing? Are you constantly struggling with the same sins? Over and over and over again? And the Christian has... You see, the Christian has to ask himself that question. Do I love Christ or do I love my sin more? And that should enable us as believers to say, because I love my Lord more, I don't want it. Because my Lord could come at any time, I don't want it. Because this is what caused my Lord to die, I don't want it. Why? Because I want to abide in Christ. Because he is the true vine. May the Lord bless us with these things. Let's pray. Father, we bow before you, the vine dresser. We thank you for being in the true vine is all your work. Uh, having faith in Christ is a work that has been done by you. We pray that you may give us a true faith. Living and abiding faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. That we would abide in him. And he's promised to abide in us. Give us that realization that apart from Christ we cannot do anything. We can do nothing. So that we would constantly cling to him. Stick to him, run to him, call on him, uh, 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 <clears throat> hold tight uh, his arm, that we would be closest to him. Grant, O oh Lord, that we would abide in the true vine. Forbid it, Lord, that there should be in our midst um, anyone who. Uh, is a branch that does not bear fruit and therefore uh, disqualifying themselves from the faith. Because that branch, the Lord tells us that it would be cut off, thrown into the fire. Please Lord, grant that we would all know your grace in the Lord Jesus Christ. And in abiding in him bless us with what we have learned today lead us in your paths of righteousness for your name's sake open the eyes of our hearts that we may be enlightened to follow you faithfully please hear this prayer we ask in Jesus name Amen. Amen.